Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Joining me is our co-host, Hannah Garcia, an associate with the firm. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon. <laughs> it's been a long week, I know. We're recording this on January 6th, 2023, our first show of the year. Um, kick things off, uh, you know, I guess the news right now, um, council will be inaugurated, or the new Austin City Council will be inaugurated tonight, 6 p.m., um, we've been monitoring the last several weeks just on staff picks, just or because of the runoff in December eighth, which included the mayor mayor seat. Uh, you know, staff picks are trickling in. We'll include in the show notes the latest um, update we have as as of today. But um, a number of a uh, number of city hall veterans are returning, uh, and um, again, that information will be in the show notes. Um, so, what do you think about tonight, Hannah? Just with uh, the you know, we have swearing in and then also their first item being the mayor pro tem vote. Any thoughts on who may be the new mayor pro tem? And maybe explain to the audience what the mayor pro tem is and does. Yeah, yeah. So mayor pro tem is, is, is more of just a, a ceremonial role. But, you know, if the mayor is ever absent for any reason, they do preside over those council meetings. And I think one of the things to keep in mind is we're not a strong mayor city. So, you know, mayor pro tem really does not hold any power because at the end of the day, that, um, that mayor seat is just one vote mm-hmm. so um but, but it's still is, a soft power right yeah it's a soft power i think it's going to be an indication as to where you know leaders are going to come up on council um i think one of the people that i'm I'm predicting to possibly be nominated or maybe throw their hat in tonight is um council member vanessa fuentes uh, i think yeah i think we've seen her out a lot out and about a lot she's um you know um chosen to lead some things on council even in her first term so i think she's very She's very like an up and coming kind of rising star on council. And so I think um, we could see her throw in her hat, but mm-hmm. I really, you know, it's it's kind of all up in the air. We've got, you know, some veterans on council who have already served as mayor pro tem. Um, and so I really do think it'll be the first indication as to where, you know, kind of that center of gravity will be on council. Yeah. And I agree. I think the, the difference between this year and last year, and for those who aren't aware, um, you know, the council has a message board that's open to the public and, in the previous year, or in 2021, or 2022, rather, or actually it was late 2021, December 2021, um, you know, there was very a very uh, vigorous uh, discussion on the message board and um, in the press too about uh, who would be uh, mayor or mayor pro. I say speaker with Tim, mayor pro Tim, um, on that. And so it's well documented. I think this one, they there hasn't been any chatter as of uh, this recording at 2 p.m. Central on uh on who it may be so yeah i agree i mean it, it, i'm sure it's playing out quietly this time um but uh and you know i agree i think uh just judging judging the dynamics of you know this last election with mayor and understanding at least whom he may want to support right it's gonna be interesting because you know he he carried a lot of west austin downtown um but getting support in east austin yeah, up and down the Eastern Crescent, which D4, D3, or D4, D1, D2, uh, and D3 is going to be paramount for any kind of re-election. And um, I think obviously having, while it is ceremonial, it is a leadership role. And, uh, you know, having that role be occupied by someone who's from the Eastern Crescent might be at least an opening. I mean, I think I think that if that role isn't filled by someone from Eastern Crescent, it's that's going to be potentially used against him in a, run, in a re-election. 
Yeah. And I think one of the things we've seen in the past is, you know, Austin always tries to be equitable in their representation. Um, you know, in the previous mayor pro tem election, um, we saw that they decided to choose a woman because we had a male mayor and, you know, our council was more male dominated. And so I thought that was um, that was pretty great. And so I think we're definitely going to see um, them possibly choose someone from the Eastern Crescent just because we do have a mayor that was um you know, really, really supported by West Austin. I would say too, a lot of the, at least the vibe that, you know, of the current pool of candidates, um, you know, with Councilman Fuentes and Councilman Chita Vela led on this too, but the uh, increasing of, um, you know, the minimum wage for city employees, right? Which is the big, I think their biggest item and win from this last budget cycle. So substantive items and she, but the Councilman Fuentes has definitely been, you know, well, her campaign, her, her outreach and, you know, and understanding of the community, her community and just, what's going on and communications never ended. So we'll see this evening though. And we'll have more to report on that on Monday. This is a quick update, um, but anything else you're, you're curious about to watch for tonight, Hannah? Um, I guess really just to see that, you know, how those votes shake out too, at the end of the day, you know, where the support is, I think we'll finally start to see kind of, you know, if there are kind of like a blocks on council that are breaking up or if they're really going to be super, super unified, in this next cycle, I think we'll, we'll really kind of see how things are going to start to shake out tonight. And I'm curious, too, they decide to split hairs again. I know last year, those last cycle of mayor pro tems, you know, it's supposed to be a four year term, I believe. And so they ended up, get, you know, having two members uh, do two years apiece. You know, that wasn't really necessary, but you know, that's the decision they made. I'm curious if they use that as pre- it wasn't precedent on that until they did it that, that last time If they use that in some ways a compromise precedent this go around or if someone chooses to you know take the car leg claim the whole four years yeah yeah and then again with staff picks you know, of uh at least of the of the the four offices that i've gotten that that won election the runoffs uh we're still waiting to see uh more announced or any announcements from mayor watson's office on senior staff uh, returning is a a firm favorite though barbara shack who's was served as mayor or outgoing mayor Steve Adler's executive assistant and the, the gatekeeper of that office for the last eight years. He's great. Um, we have, I'm just reading off our list now, Jason Lopez, who is formerly a policy advisor and departing council member and kitchen's office and district five is Vanessa is councilman Fuentes's new chief of staff for D2. Uh, Lizette Melendez, who was a former policy advisor for departing D3 Council member Pierre Winteria is going to be council member elect Jose Velasquez, is, uh, who's also D3's uh, chief of staff. And council member Ryan Alter, D5, it, District 5, has selected Ben Leffler as his chief, chief of staff. Uh, ben most recently was a candidate for Austin's District 9. And then as well, a, a City Hall veteran, Michael McGill, will be a policy advisor for Ryan Alter. Councilmember Ryan Alter, um, I've we you know Michael's been around City Hall for some time. He my first interaction was with him was when I was starting my career in the lobby, and he was uh, chief of staff for then Councilmember Cheryl Cole. Moving on, to District Nine Councilmember Zocadri or Councilmember Leg Zocadri selected Sarah Barge as his chief of staff. She most recently was a chief or the chief of staff to Councilmember Vesa Fuentes D two. Um, then Natalie Deller is, has moved over from council member, uh, D seven council member, unless he pulls office to be one of council member, like policy advisors, 
Um, she was she was also formerly an intern of VM Group, so really proud of her seeing her moves. And um, I'm sure there's more to come. We'll have these listed um, in the show notes. But you know, I think with this current, at least the current elect um, office staff, a lot of you know re- returning um, city hall veterans experience. I think that will play out well for these offices. He's not on here, but District One um, Harp, or Council Member Harper Madison had um, selected John Lawler to be your chief of staff. He's been in that role for a few months now, but again, he prior was a chief of staff and a senior advisor to now Congressman. Oh, he's a yeah, Congressman Lex. He's still Congressman Lex. I didn't think a speaker yet. Um, uh, Greg Kassar. So a lot of uh, returning and you know, n- you know, veteran talent coming in these offices. I think that'll help hopefully speed things along and, you know, and lower the, lower the learning curve for the incoming council members. Any thoughts on that though? I, I, I hadn't, I mean, I, I read these, obviously I hadn't really these kind of sunk in how many people were coming back um, that had just experience, you know, working in these offices. I think it's great that we've got kind of like a really, really kind of experienced and um, just has that institutional knowledge of for staff for these new incoming um, council members, because I think we have a lot of ledge experience. Among- do, on that note too, correct. Uh, you know, beyond obviously uh, mayor elect Watson um, again, we'll is TBD on who his staff selections are, but uh, let's see. I mean, uh, Ryan Alter or, or council member elect Alter also had Ryan Alter rather gets two alters in the council. Council member elect Ryan Alter also was a former uh, Senate staffer, including some time in Watson's office. Um, you know, council member, council member Lett Caudry as well worked with uh, now Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson, he was state rep, as did his chief of staff, uh, Sarah Barge, was worked for Julie Johnson in the last legislative session. So, a lot of you know, you know, this is a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of capital experience coming in this too. And I think that experience is really going to help with the level of like, or I guess the speed that they want to re- that, or at least Mayor Watson has indicated that he wants to approach this with. And so, um, you know, that lead session, it's you only get 140 days. It really is a sprint. And so I think the ability to kind of really act fast and draft that, uh, that good policy really, really quickly is going to help all of these people. And so, um, you know, they all really have experience dealing with like this really technical policy and doing it really fast and really well. So I'm I'm excited to see kind of how they approach all of this and um, kind of how everything shakes out. Mm-hmm. And I think lastly, just the crossover of these offices too. you know, obviously account, you know, office communication and the ability to work with other offices on different policy issues matters a lot with any, with any of these issues that arise. So I think having that somewhat cross pollination of offices and then also understanding the different districts, bringing those offices to will be key as council gets underway. Their first voting session, regular meeting will be on January 26th and their first working session will be on the 24th. And so, yeah, it's coming up fast. Um, you know, I think staff picks are getting solidified, should be more or less wrapped up by, definitely by the end of the month. But it's going to be interesting all around. I think to Hannah's to point, the speed at which things happen is going to be unprecedented under the, the 10-1 system since 2014, mainly because of Mayor or uh, Mayor Watson-elect or Mayor-elect Watson's you know, the kind of the time over his, over his head, just with you, again, you include runoffs, sorry, you include early voting in this next election cycle that would start in October of 24. And it's weird to talk about that now, but it's going to happen very fast because that's how these things go. Yeah. And, I feel like it was just 2020. Like we just voted for a new president right, right. and it's already midterms. Yeah. 
So there's going to be this, there's an, you know, and I think there was an article in the States from today where he, you know, he said that several times before on the, on the, on the desire for speed. I think, you know, obviously he has a clock on him, but I think there's been a desire of council members and staff to want to, or at least incre- you know, just acknowledging that there's been, you know, and there very may be a, a slowness on some things and policy occurring. So we'll, you know, be great or interested to see how that plays out. And uh, we'll have more uh, just on any recaps in the inauguration and sw- our swearing in ceremony tonight on Monday. Hopefully we'll have a clear view of some of the offices uh, rounding out their staff picks and also any, any indication of just early policy directions from council, um, including the mayor. The one issue we know that Mayor Lech Watson has already indicated he's going to take up is around uh, affordable childcare. So he's discussed having a Bluebird task force around that that would uh, form and bring back recommendations by the end of the quarter, or maybe less earlier than that, but some earlier than, but by at the latest in the quarter, probably earlier um, for recommendations to go to council. So we know that's at least one area that he's publicly are already starting to develop, um, you know, uh, a position around. So more to come on that. And with that, though, have a great weekend, and we look forward to uh, the interesting year ahead. Uh, you can follow us at www.binghamgp.com. We look forward to uh, working with you in the near future. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Happy New Year.